to be uh, tonight uh, doing something a little bit different. Just want to share with you. I'm going to keep going in James chapter 1 for a little bit, uh, but just want to share with you some things that are going on in the church. Um, I'm going to go ahead and just jump into the text and just share um, real quick. In James chapter 1, verse 2, we talked at length about this last week, but in verse 2 it says this, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way. When troubles come your way. And as we talked about last week, that is almost, it's a guarantee. James is telling us, hey, things will come your way. Troubles are going to happen. This week, uh, we went on a bike ride with our kids. Um, we found a new trail. Well, we kind of knew that it was there. There's a trail that you kind of... Uh, we, we haven't ventured onto. You kind of have to go through a field to get to the trail for a minute. And there's a sign right at the, uh, the point of entrance, and it says no trespassing. And so the kids have been like, no, everybody does it. We should go. And I was like, that doesn't mean that we should. There's a sign that says no trespassing. So Braden in his genius, he convinced us um, some way. He said, no, the sign is for the fenced part. The rest of the part is fine for you to go on. You just can't go over the fence. And we're like, Makes sense. Let's go. So we might have trespassed. Who knows? We've done it multiple times now. But we drove through a field, and we got onto the trail, and we were going down the trail. And, and if you take a right on the trail, it, it's a beautiful ride. It takes you up behind Clara Bird, and then we get on a sidewalk, and we go to 7-Eleven and get Slurpees. And so the kids are like, hey, let's go be healthy and ride the bikes. Whatever. They just want Slurpees, and we give in. And so we go, and we were there, and we're getting the Slurpees, and we were coming back. And as we were going down the trail, uh, you come around one corner, and it's super steep, and and uh, Braden loves going as fast as he possibly can, and the leaves are already starting to fall. So I'm just like, oh, no, Braden, please go as slow as you can, right? And uh, so I'm just, please slow down, please slow down, stay away from your sister, please slow down. Like, this is what I'm doing the whole time, you know? And, and he keeps getting a little bit closer to Rylan, a little bit closer to Rylan. And as we're coming up to a point, there's this bridge. And the bridge is there, and it's, it's a wooden bridge, and, and you can go across it with no problem, but as we were going in, I, I witnessed what I see happen all the time as you're going into Norfolk, right? It, it's, it's wide enough for the both of you, but one person, all of a sudden, they just go, this isn't going to work out. Right? Uh, there's not room for both of us. And so they decide to, you know, Ryland in the last minute, she's like, I'm going to sacrifice myself for my brother. Right? And so they're both going in, and Ryland, she just veers to the right a little bit. And Braden just keeps on going across the bridge, and Ryland just shoots off this concrete embankment. And I kid you not, she flew at least 12 to 14 feet. I promise you. In the air, she missed the bridge, she missed a tree, and then she hit the embankment on a creek. On on the other side, her, she flew off her bike and was laying face down in the creek. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm behind them, and I'm on my bike, and as I'm riding, I see her just fly off of this concrete thing, and I see her in the air, and, I, and this is horrible. I'm a millennial parent. My first thought was, I don't have my camera out, right? And so, so I'm sitting there, and then I run, and I jump off my bike, and I run down there, and I see my beautiful little girl just laying in this creek with mud and everything all over the place. Her Slurpees just sprayed all over the place, and her little bag of goldfish is just laying on the ground and she's just laying there and so I run down and I mean it's 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 at least a six to seven foot decline and so I mean she flew and then hit and she gets up and I pick her out of the creek and I stand her up on the pavement and I'm like did anything happen and she's like oh no I just want to shower and I'm like I understand she's like I can't see so I'm like rubbing her face I'm like move your fingers right move your arms can you move your neck can you move your legs is anything she didn't even have a scratch 
on her. I don't know how it happened, and I don't know what happened, but she was completely fine. She doesn't want to go get Slurpees anytime soon. But other than that, she's good. And so she woke up the next day, and her wrist was a little sore. But hey, we're like, hey, we're okay with that. But is that not life, right? That we're just going along, and everything seems to be fine. We're having fun. We've got our goldfish, and we got our Slurpees, and we're with our family, and everything's great, and everything's happy. And we got an expectation that we're going to have even more fun, and we're just going to go on this adventure. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, you're midair, and you don't know what's about to happen. Right? Trouble's going to come. Trouble's going to come. But James encourages us. He says, consider it an opportunity for great joy. The word consider here, when it's used throughout the New Testament and multiple other places, the word is used for a person in a place of authority, a person in a place of leadership. The idea is, and when you look at the other scriptures where it's used, it's this idea that there's a person that you go to, whether it's a judge or a governor or a pastor or a spiritual leader. You go to that person, and in that moment, they can make a permanent and definitive decision on the situation. They look at the facts, they look at the reality, they look at all the things that are placed, and they make an objective decision and say, this is the best course of action. So what James is saying is, listen, trouble is going to come. It's going to happen. You're going to have things take place in your life. But consider it. You are a person of authority. You have authority in your own life, and you have authority through Christ over all things because he's given you victory. You have the authority to look at all things and evaluate the situation and say, Say, this is the best direction to go. This is the right thing to do. You have the opportunity to be a leader in your life to determine the next and best right step, right? So consider it an opportunity for great joy. What he's saying is, it's like, hey, be encouraged. Peter, he's talking about in 1 Peter, he's talking about trials and tribulations. It's the same thing. In those moments, have a sense of expectation. What they're saying is, and Paul talks about this in Romans, in Romans chapter 6, what it's talking about is in these moments, be watching. God's up to something. He is faithful. He's doing something. There's something he wants to bring into your life. There's something he wants to do through your life. Be aware of what's taking place. This is a moment for you to get ready to see God active in your life. Get excited. Get expectant. Get ready. Something massive is getting ready to happen. Look at all the things that have happened. Look at all the things that have taken place and say, you know what? I'm ready for what God's going to do. In James chapter 1, verse 3, it says this. He comes on and says, consider a grave joy, for you know. You know what? You know what God can do and what he's going to do. For you know that word know there, it's you have learned to know. You have gained understanding. You have gone through some stuff. And as you've gone through that stuff, you, follower of Christ, you, Christian, as you've gone through those things with Jesus, You've seen God victorious. You've seen him behind you. You've seen him go in front of you. You've seen him provide for you. I'm just telling you in my own life, I've seen God do some things that I just can't get rid of, that I just literally, it cannot get out of my mind. When I go through other things, I'm like, that's nothing compared to. I've seen God do this and I've seen God do that. For you know that when your faith when your trust in God is tested, your endurance, your ability to stand strong, your ability to stay focused. This word endurance, when it's used throughout the New Testament, it's a characteristic of a follower of Christ. 
that you are not swayed from the deliberate purpose that God has for you, that you are able to stand strong and keep your eyes on God, that you're able to keep your head up, your shoulders back, and say, God's getting ready to do something. You're not swayed. You're not knocked off course. You consider all things joy. You're ready and expecting God to do something awesome for you know you've seen God faithful. You've seen him do abundant things. You've seen him do awesome things. For you know that when your trust in him is tested, you're going to stay strong. You're going to trust him. And when you do that, you're going to have another story to put in the bank to say he's going to do it again. Your endurance is going to grow. Your ability to trust in him the next time something happens is going to be that much higher. It's going to be that much fuller because you know the things that he's done. Come on, is this not good stuff? It's good stuff. So over the past couple weeks, our leadership team has been walking through some things and I'm going to take a few minutes just to share that with you guys and do not want you to walk away like, hey, every time Pastor Fred's here, there's something they got to share with us. That's not what happens. So, um, but he loves you guys and we love you and, and, and we believe as a church that we should do life together and that we should process what God is doing in our lives and in the life of the church together and that we have conversations and we talk about it, we dialogue and that we should never just do these things on our own. And so we've been going through some things for the past few weeks and with some information and just been walking through it with our leadership team. And I can just tell you this, as I've gone to each and every person on our leadership team and as we've gone through and, and processed this information, because just so you know, um, I'll just explain if you don't know or, or what, we have what we call concentric model of leadership, uh, which is basically that we have at the core a regional team, which is a group of people, uh, elders and trustees that are a part of the church, their leadership of the church, that have the vision for, pray for the vision, and cast the vision for the church. It's a group of Pastor Fred, myself, and Pastor Justin, and others that are on the board that have equal voice and equal say, so that Pastor Fred can't just go and do whatever he wants to. I can't just go and do whatever he wants to. We're doing things together. We come together. And then when we talk outside of that circle, there's next the campus, or the campus governance team. And that is made up of the agates here at this campus and the magis at this campus and my wife and I here. And, and at this campus, once we talk to the regional team, we go to the governance team, then we talk, then we go to our campus directors team. Then information goes out to the all church leadership team. And then we come to you. And all through this process, information works itself out. And then questions, concerns, comments, they all work themselves back in and then back out. It's an organism. It's, it's what's the best way to do this? What's the best approach? And so we've been walking through that situation. And as I've been going to the leaders of this campus and we've been going to the regional leaders of this church, as we've been talking to them and sharing them, hey, here's what we're facing. Here's what we're going through. Every single person's response is, I can't wait to see what's next. Every single person's response is, I can't wait to see what God's about to do in this church. And I'm just telling you, as a pastor, nothing gets me more fired up and more excited. Because when you go to people and you say, hey, here's a problem, and they're like, oh, what are we going to do? I'm just like, you're already walking in, and you've asked that question a thousand times, right? You're walking in, just, and you're just like, oh, I've thought through every situation. I've thought through every scenario. And when you walk into a room, and they're just like bucketing on more problems and more concerns, you're just like, oh. But 
when you walk into a room and everybody's just like, hey, I can't wait to see what God's going to do. I've seen God provide for us a thousand different ways, and he's going to do it again. And this is going to be bigger and better than we've ever imagined. God's got something bigger for us, better for us. And that has been the response to every single person because in their lives and in the life of this church, we have seen what God does, and we know who he is. In Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews in chapter 6, this is what they're talking about. God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great what? Confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. In verse 19, it goes on and it says this. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the current into God's inner sanctuary. It leads us through the curtain. Ten, not current. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. It's an anchor for our souls. It's exactly what I was talking about. It's that endurance, that trust, that ability to not be swayed, to be not knocked off course. God has a purpose for you as an individual. He has a purpose for you as a follower of Christ, as a son and a daughter of him. He has something that he wants you to do in this life, and he has a purpose for you in this church, and he has a purpose for this church. And when we look in him and we trust in him, have faith in him, he our eyes on him, no matter what comes in front of us, we are able to have assurance, a confidence, an anchor that keeps us where we are, focused on the purpose that he has for us. And as we see him provide, as we see him bless, as we see him open up doors that we can't open up ourselves, our faith is stronger, our confidence is stronger, and we say, God, what's next? We're walking with excitement and expectation. Are you guys out there? Do you hear me tonight? I'll get to it in just a minute promise. But in verse 3, again, James 1, verse 3, says, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. It has a chance to grow. Our trust in him. It's important that we see him for who he is and that we trust him. We trust in his care for us and we trust in his ability to love us and provide for us. One of the things I love this church and I love the leadership is their response of excitement and expectation was not in the solution, but in their expectation of God's faithfulness. That's why I love the leadership of this team. Because I can tell you this, because when I first went to them, we didn't have a solution. So it wasn't like, oh, God did that, and oh, here. No, we, here, here's what we're facing. Hey, that's all right. God's going to do something awesome, and I can't wait to see what it is. There's this assurance, there's this faith, there's this hope, there's this belief that God is good, and he's going to take control of this moment. So a few weeks ago, you guys are all like, finally. So a few weeks ago, uh, we got word from Pastor Mike here at the Newtown United Methodist Church um, that they need to take some efforts to um, do some things that they feel God is calling them to do, and they're going to be um, taking uh, some time during the weekends, multiple times through the year, to add services to their rotation um, that are going to both be experiential, but also uh, revival-focused and, 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 and those different types of renewal services that will happen throughout the weekend multiple times in the year. And they need the flexibility to be able to have those services and do what God's calling them to do as a church on Saturdays. And so that means that we aren't able to have our services here at this facility 
um, come January. And so we got that information, and it was information that, of course, for me, I quickly thought through the ramifications of it. I looked at all the things. I, I really wanted to be a baby about it, but God wouldn't let me because there's just something in my heart that was just like, you know what? God's going to do something. Something's going to happen. Something's going to work out. And I can tell you this. I didn't handle everything well and properly as I probably should have, but I'm just telling you, I've been so full of faith. This, mass, this passage that we've been going through, this sermon that we've been preaching now for five weeks, it was one that I was not planning on. God put it in front of us because I needed to hear it and we needed to hear it as a church. He was providing for us in his mercy. He was already speaking to our hearts to say, you're mine, you have a purpose, you have a place, you need to stay focused on me. You're my child, I love you. He was just beating it into our hearts so that when we got the information, it was, God, you're good, you're gonna work this thing out. And so we began the process of figuring out what is going to be next for us. And so we got the information and uh, finished services that weekend and uh, went through and started doing some planning and doing some different types of things um, and just, you know, working through. Uh, on Tuesday, I had a ton of conversations and really just went through a bunch of stuff. I went on every church website that you can imagine in the Williamsburg area. I started making calls. I was at about call number 16 um, on, on Tuesday, and I was like, well, that's just enough for today. We'll see what's next. I've been driving around the area doing all of these different types of things and saying, God, what are you going to do? How's this going to work out? Praying, um, just driving by churches and just looking at their properties and like, if it's your will, right? Just driving by empty buildings. If it's your will, looking at fields, we can make that work, right? Like whatever God it is that you want to do, we're open, you know? And so we're just praying and just saying, God, you're faithful. You're going to have to do something and we're just going to trust you and we're going to walk with expectation. And so I get a phone call back from one pastor on Wednesday and um, I, I started the conversation, and I was setting him up for an easy no because I was 99.99999, that he was going to say no, right? And so I was setting him up for an easy no. And so as I'm just talking, I don't even get to the ask. And he interrupts me, and he says, Jamie. And I was like, yes. He's like, Jamie. And I'm like, yeah. And he's just like, you are a man of God. God has called you. And you're in Williamsburg for a reason. God is using you, and God is using your church. Your church has a place. Your church has a purpose in this community. You need to be here. You need to be thriving. You need to be growing. You need to be experiencing God's best for you. You need to be doing everything you can to be reaching the people in this community. And so do I. Because if we want to reach this community, you have to be at your effective best, and so do we. And we can't do that alone. We've got to do it together. If you're asking me to use my church on Saturday nights, the doors are open. The carpets have been rolled. You are welcome. You have a home. And I'm just sitting there, and I was just like... <clears throat> Like, are you for real right now? And he's like, yes, I'm for real. And he goes, and next time, don't forget that you're a man of God. If God asks you to ask a big ask, don't stumble over your words. And I was like, I wasn't stumbling. I just didn't have faith that you would say yes. <laughs> like, he's like, don't stumble over yourself. You ask the big ask. You're a man of God, and God has called you, and he's called your church. Do you understand me? And I was like, yes, sir. <laughs> right? 
And so I was just like, this is insane. This is crazy. You know, Pastor Fred, I, I was joking around earlier. You know, I was like, I, I don't know if this is exactly how he said it, but I'm, this is how I'm going to choose to remember that he said it. And, uh, and this is how I'm going to tell it for the rest of my life is that uh, the, the Newport News campus, they've been looking for somebody with that type of kingdom vision and that type of heart to partner with. Um, Pastor Fred's going to come up in a minute and share why this is important to us. But he, he's been looking for that in the Newport News area for nine years. And we found it in less than 24 hours. Exactly, actually, 22 hours. But who's counting, right? So it's, it's an incredible testament of God's faithfulness. It's an incredible testament of his goodness and what he's doing in our lives. I'm telling you, it cannot be understated how good of a moment this is for us as a church. It cannot be it cannot be underappreciated because it's something that is just beyond what is expected or what is possible. We're looking at moving sometime in the middle of October. We'll lock in the dates this week and we'll get all the information out to you. We're going to be extra diligent to communicate this to everybody in the church, communicate this to the community. We're going to be working super hard to make sure this is a great process and move for us as a church. But we're moving into a facility that's going to give a greatest act, greater access. It's going to be a facility that's going to give us greater opportunity to reach people. It's a church that has a massive heart for sharing and a kingdom focus in every level, our kids area, our worship areas, and every, every, every area, it's going to be a massive benefit for us. It's a step forward. On Tuesday night, we were meeting with the regional team, and we said wherever we go, we want it to be 10 times better than where we are now. That's what we want God to do. And God answered that prayer, and through the generosity and the kindness of this church and this pastor, we're seeing even more than that because that's who God is, and that's how faithful he is. So the middle of October, we will be starting to have services at the Kingsway campus with Crosswalk Church on Saturday nights happening in the middle of October. And it's an incredible facility. It's a great facility. And his generosity and kindness and compassion um, to be so quick to open up the doors. I, I'm just telling you, I've been doing full-time ministry now for 15 years. I have never heard another pastor before a church to the level that he was in that moment. And I'm just telling you, I'm a big fan of his right now. Not just because he provided his door, because of his kingdom mindset and his kingdom talk. And we cannot miss what that is for us as a church and what that is for us in this community of Williamsburg. James chapter 1, verse 4, it goes on to say this. He says, so, so, it's your responsibility. So, you, you are in charge of this one. So, let it grow. Let what grow? Let your faith grow. Let your endurance grow. Let your ability to trust in God. Let your expectation of God's goodness grow. Let it grow for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Psalms 106 verse 24. The Israelites find themselves in a very similar situation where they're now facing 
another move. They're one camp to the next camp, one camp to the next camp, one camp to the next camp. And if you've been with us for four years, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And it's just one camp to the next camp. And there can be discouragement in that. There can be frustration in that. There can be a little bit of just a sense of just like, what is it that God's doing? But God does everything intentional. He has a time and a place and a purpose for everything that he's doing. And what he asks us to do is to look to him in faithfulness and say, I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you. I know where you're taking me is better than where I've been. I know where we're going is bigger and better than I can even imagine, and I'm trusting you. In Psalm 106, it says this, the people refused to enter the pleasant land, for they wouldn't believe his promise to care for them. He had split the Red Sea. He had provided manna for them. He had provided pigeons for them. He had provided all of these things for them. He had cared for them in ways that you can't even imagine. They've seen the plagues go and see massive slaughtering of people and things happen right in front of them where they were safe. They sat in the sunlight while they watched the city in front of them sit in darkness. They saw all of these things happen and they were in the middle of the desert and they had to yet pick up their camp and move again and they were seeing the people that was in front of them, the enemies that they could face and they what? refused to enter the pleasant land. How? Because they wouldn't believe his promise to care for them. Listen, this is a moment where God is caring for us as a church. It's a massive moment where he's caring for us as a church. Are there things that we need to be aware of? Absolutely. Are there things that we need to pay attention to? Absolutely. Are there things that we need to think through and plan for? Absolutely. Are we going to do those things? Yes. And tonight, I'm telling you, because I'm asking you to be a part of the process. I'm asking you, hey, as a church, let's step up. Let's step in. God's caring for us. He's opening doors wide. Let's run into the things that he has for us. Let this be a moment of acceleration. Let this be a moment where the momentum kicks into high gear, and we see God going before us, and we see us running at a pace that we've never thought that we were going to be able to run. That's what this moment can be because we will stop and trust and believe that he's caring for us in this moment. But it's very easy for us, very easy for us to miss his care for us. How? Verse 25 and 106, it says this, instead, instead of trusting him, they grumbled in their tents and refused to obey the Lord. I'm asking you as your pastor, this is your church. God has you here for a purpose. God has something he wants to do in your life, and he has something he wants to do through your life. Let's be quick to see his care for us. Let's quick, be quick to celebrate his goodness and his faithfulness. Let's be quick to celebrate his mercy and celebrate that he was already orchestrating things before we even knew that we were going to have to face this. He is faithful. He is good. He is sovereign. Even before we knew it was something that we should pray for, the solution was already being worked out. That is how deeply he cares for us. So let's trust that. Let's believe it. If there are things that you're concerned about, if there's things that that you need to express, please come talk to me. We are not a church that believes in distance. We are open. We are accessible. You can call me. You can text me. You can come see me. You can't get me on Facebook. Well, you can message me on Facebook, but I haven't been on Facebook in two months, and it's awesome. I'm like a whole new person. 
you should try it. So anyway, so um, just whatever, get in touch with me. Let's talk about it, right? If you have concerns, your concerns are probably valid, and we need to talk about it. You might have a perspective that we don't have. I can tell you that every single person has been, God is doing something amazing, and I can't wait to see what it is. But every single person that we have in leadership is responsible. They've brought up concerns. They've been attentive. They've been aware. They've been diligently seeking God. We've talked about a lot of things. We're still talking about a lot of things. So let's engage this with eyes wide open, but with a faith and a trust that God is doing something great for this church and he's preparing to do something even greater through this church. Amen. Are you guys with me? All right, I'm just going to skip that part. So I'm just telling you, in this moment, we have a chance to celebrate God's goodness. We have a chance to celebrate his faithfulness. Let's be extra careful, as we've been talking about over the past weeks, that our words be God-directed. Our words be God-directed in our praise, right? If there's things that you need to talk about, talk to the right people at the right time, and let's move forward as a church. But let's not, let's not neglect to see God's care for us because it's absolutely massive. Pastor Fred. I remember I was, I was praying this morning, and I was, I was uh, thinking about the, my first conversation I ever had with, with Pastor Jamie. You guys have a great campus pastor, right? Come on. I remember it was back in early 2013, my good friend Jim, uh, Pastor Jamie's dad, called me up and said, hey, my son, he was then on staff at one of the largest Assemblies of God churches in, in the U.S. in Springfield, Missouri, and, uh, at, at James River. And, and, and he was planning to go plant a church. And, and Jim said, hey, can, can my son Jamie give you a call and pick your brain a little bit? And I said, well, I'm not sure how much there's there to pick. Uh, you know, I've got a few crumbs there, but I'll, I'll share what I've got. And, I, and I'll still remember where I was sitting in my office, the chair I was in, and, and we were talking with each other for the first time. And I just, God spoke to me and said, he's supposed to come be the campus pastor in, in, in Williamsburg. And I remember getting off that phone thinking, God, he already has a plan for what he's going to do. And they were at the stage in their process. They had a team. They were deciding on what city they were going to go plant in. And, uh, but I just knew that, that God was speaking to me. And so I called. Uh, back then, we didn't have a regional team because we were just one campus. And so I called our governance team and just shared with them what I felt God had spoken to me. I submitted it to them and uh, to, for them to pray. And they said, we, we feel like you're hearing from God. you you got to talk to him. And so I remember when I called back, my first words out of my mouth were, I'm really going to mess up your process, right? Because they were praying about what city to go to to plant a church. And Williamsburg wasn't on their list. And, uh, and so we just began to talk, and then uh, by the summer of 2013, they moved here uh, as a family, and they've been leading this campus forward ever since, and it's just been fantastic. His creativity, the revelation that he gets from God's Word is just, it's, it's awesome, and, uh, and, and just what he's bringing to our staff team. And uh, we're, we're not an easy team to work with because we're just, there's a frankness that we give to each other. 
We talked a lot about that in our interview process, that, that we have a team that we just love each other enough to say the hard things, to ask the tough questions, and this is our culture here. And, uh, and so I appreciate his authenticity when he steps into those regional team meetings that, that uh, he brings his honesty and integrity. And because of that, uh, there's a health that I believe that we have here uh, at City Life and all of our, our campuses. And, and part of the vision that's just been growing, uh, and, and Pastor Jamie has helped us find this and hone this, is, is this idea of a multi-church campus. Uh, is that by being on Saturday nights, we're, we are afforded a unique opportunity to build ministry partnerships that are very unique because most churches, their ideal spot is Sunday morning at 10 a.m., right? It, my ideal spot on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. is having my second espresso, right, downstairs. And, 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 and so because we, we want to create a day where families can have a, a true day of rest. That's an important part of who we are as a church is to have a, a day together as a family. And so moving in 2008 to Saturday night was to help create that for our families, people who call City Life Church their home. And so we don't want that Sunday spot. And, and, and so by being on Saturdays, we knew that we had a, a really unique opportunity to build these ministry partnerships with other churches uh, and to begin to work together. And the host church benefits because of the revenue that we bring in, uh, and then we benefit because of the revenue that we're able to save by not having to build buildings. There's enough, there's enough churches in the 757 already, right? I mean, so, so there's plenty of room. Plenty of room. But most importantly, there are partnerships that begin to form amongst churches and oftentimes of different denominations that are vital. So just this last weekend, I was preaching at the Newport News campus out of Luke chapter 5 and uh, about five callings that we have at City Life Church. And so I wanna, I'm want to. i just going to give one of them to you uh, tonight. I call it a fleet calling. Uh, and it's in verse 5. Uh, uh, Luke 5, verse 5, it says, Master Simon replied, we have worked hard all night. It didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, we'll let down the nets again. And this time their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and were on the verge of sinking. We believe that there is a harvest of people that is supposed to happen in the 757 that no one church is going to be able to gather in and that we're supposed to have partnerships with other churches. It's the other boats in our community and that if we work together, we're going to be able to reach people that you would never be able to do on your own. Jesus said the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And a lot of churches teach that text. We teach that text. But unfortunately, too many churches, they only have a vision for more laborers in their own church. And I think what Jesus was saying there was not just that we've got to raise up laborers to go out and reach people, but that there has to be greater ministry partnerships so that there's a multiplication of laborers and we go out and work together and reach the harvest of people that need to find Christ as their Lord. And so as a church, we're committed to this experience it's not glamorous. It's, it's difficult sometimes. It's hard to 
find churches that are willing to work together and make room and, and share, but we've been privileged to be able to find those churches. We found it at North Riverside Baptist Church in Newport News. We've found it here with Newtown United Methodist for the season that we're in, and we're excited about the vision that God's given Pastor Mike, and this was God's provision for the Williamsburg campus for the year this past year so we could get on to Saturday nights because this church started on Sunday, this campus, and so this has been God's provision for us, and when you get into the details of the story, which Pastor Jamie's going to be able to tell as time goes on, is that Crosswalk had a Saturday night service, and if we had tried to go there last year, we wouldn't have been able to go there, so the timing of God has been perfect. He's had us here for a time and a season, and now he has a new ministry partnership that he's going to form, and we meet in a Lutheran church at our Suffolk campus, so all of these different denominations that are working together, and we believe the witness that is to the community is a powerful thing, and then how we're going to labor together. We all have our boat that's important to us, right? But we've got to look out onto the water and see all these other churches, not as competition, right? But they're partners with us in the kingdom to reach people for the sake of Christ. We have a fleet calling at City Life, and every campus that we plant is going to plant in another church, and a new ministry partnership is going to be created in that relationship. And our hope is that more churches are going to catch on to this, that more churches are going to say, we don't need to have our own building. There's so many buildings and cities all across America that if churches could begin to work together in the way that I think God wants them to, I think that we would see the church is going to be much more effective in reaching people. One of the interesting things I like about this text that is in Luke chapter 5 that the other gospel writers tell a similar story of a miraculous catch. And they place it just days after the baptism of Jesus, and they make it part of the calling of the disciples. And, and I think that's true for the other gospel writers. But some scholars think that Luke, even though he's a famed historian, he gives us the gospel of Luke, he gives us the book of Acts, and his historical detail is so precise as you read through those two texts. And some people believe that Luke, made a mistake here and misplaced this narrative because he has it several months after the baptism of Jesus. I'm of the camp, as some other scholars are, that Luke did not make a mistake, right? And we know that he couldn't have made a mistake because he's inspired by the Holy Spirit to write this book. And it wasn't just the words, but it's where it's placed. And I think this is a second instance of a miraculous catch. And this was the moment where the disciples made a decision to be all in with the ministry that God had called them to. They had been following Jesus, and then they would come home. It, like they had an intern relationship with Christ. They were with him, then they would go back to their vocations, and they were with him for, for several months after Jesus' baptism. But it's on this moment in Luke chapter 5 where they have a revelation of who Christ is and also a revelation for what Christ is calling them to do. And it's this moment from, from that step forward in Luke 5. It's the first time in the gospel of Luke that anyone calls Jesus Lord. It's the first moment where they call him Lord. And it's their way of saying, you are now the boss of me. Tell me where I go, and I'll go there. And they never left his side from that moment forward. Okay, for a few minutes after his death, but we could all understand that, right? And then they were right back in. I share that with you because not only do we have a fleet calling, and I wanted to just recast that vision here for us and why we do what we do, but I believe that this is a moment for you. 
whether you're visiting from out of town and there's another church that you call home, at some point you've got to have a Luke chapter 5 encounter with Christ. It could be you've, you've, you've made a vow of devotion to Christ and heaven has promised you. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about your kingdom purpose with him. At some point you have to decide to be all in with the work that he's put into your hand to build his kingdom and the people that you're supposed to do that with. I think for many of us, if we're honest about our journey in Christianity and church, that sometimes we're in and sometimes we're out. Sometimes we're in and sometimes we're out. But there has to be a Luke 5 moment where we say to Jesus, I'm all in with this group of people that you've called me to be a part of. This is my boat that I'm supposed to be in, and I recognize that we're going to work with all of these other boats, but this is the boat where I'm going to stay with these people that you've called me to work with. So I'm excited. I'm excited to be with you the first weekend of October. My family will be here, my wife and three kids, and we're going to uh, be a part of this new series that's getting ready to launch. But I'm also excited because it could be, we don't know the timing yet, but it could end up being the last service uh, at this campus uh, that weekend. And so I appreciate the opportunity to come in and, uh, and share uh, in that historic moment. And so I think Pastor Jamie's going to be at Suffolk. Is that going to be your first time in the Suffolk campus? And then Pastor Justin, uh, who's at the Suffolk campus, it'll be his first time uh, coming back to Newport News campus. So it's going to be a big week. And it's also going to be the men's retreat. Come on, right? I leaned over to Jamie when the video clip was playing. You know, where um, uh, in, in uh, uh, Gladiator, where it's Russell Crowe's characters running through the field, and you can just see his hand. I said, I said, if this cuts to Terrence, right, and, instead of Russell Crowe, I'm going to burst out laughing. I won't be able to help myself. Because that's one of the other things I love about Jamie is you never really know what he's going to do. And so... It's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty awesome. So uh, I know for some of you, this is big news for you. I, I get it, right? It was big news for us when we heard it. And it takes time to process big news. Change sometimes. It, you know, it's, uh, we're, we're big boaters. It's one of our means of recreation as a family. And, uh, and, 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 and water is really gentle when you wade into it, right? But when you fall on it off of skis doing 25 miles an hour, you skip across it like, like concrete. And sometimes big news comes to you that way, right? And it takes time for it to settle in. So I appreciate what Pastor Jamie shared is that we, we like people who raise their hand. Call us. We'll sit with you, talk with you, coffee, lunch, in your home, you in our home. Uh, we know that you might have questions, and we want to take the time to answer those. So the other thing, what I'll just say in closing, I'm going to pass it back over to Pastor Jamie is this, that, that uh, Pastor Mike, we appreciate his heart, he could have said to us, I don't want you to announce it on Saturday because we're not going to have church until Sunday. You need to wait until the following week. But that's not what he did. He said, we're going to let you guys announce it on Saturday so that your congregation has a chance to hear it from you, and I'm going to wait until Sunday, and then my congregation will have a chance to hear it from me. And so I just appreciate, right, his willing to trust us with that. So what we're asking you to do, because we're making this announcement at all of our campuses, and we're asking them the same thing. Make sure that you're not posting stuff on Facebook. Don't, right, go to the Kingsway campus over on John Tyler and do a selfie, right, in front of the sign and put it out on Instagram, right? So don't do anything on social media until Monday because then that's going to give Newtown United Methodist Church. So they're going to be people in here tomorrow morning, and we want them to have the opportunity to hear it from their pastor just like you had an opportunity to hear it from your pastor. So important. We're going to ask you to respect that, and so we're challenging all of our campuses uh, to do that same thing. So he's been very gracious with us, uh, and we want to honor that. So that's me. 
Thanks for sharing that. And just, and just so you know, I just want to reaffirm, you know, this was not an easy decision for him to make because he knows the implications and he knows the ramifications. And so, you know, presenting this information to us was obviously not fun for him, you know, and, um, but he's doing what he feels God's called him to do as a leader and pastor of this church, and he's got to follow that. And we respect that, and we respect his kindness and generosity to, to tell us he could have said you're out next weekend, right? And so he's given us time to process it, and he's given us that opportunity to share it and so um, please think very well and positively of Newtown right again in that the heart of our speech be directed towards God uh, of being excited for what's next for this church and what's next for where we're going so just be excited about those things and share those things with boldness and with excitement so uh, I'm gonna ask the worship team to come on up and uh, um, we're gonna sing a song I really want to sing something fun and exciting but I don't know if you're prepared for that um, I really, I'm not in a somber moment, so you, you do it. I don't know. I don't know lyrics at all, so you do what you want to do. Um, but um, I, I really want us to really just capture this moment and, and praise God for his goodness and his faithfulness. Um, because there's so many times in life where we're presented with information and we're just like, I don't know what we're going to do, and I don't know how this is going to work out. And because of him wanting to work in us and do things in us, sometimes it can take time and it can be a long process and it can be painful and grueling. And, and this could have been a very painful and grueling process. I mean, this could have been, and it was quick and it was beneficial and it was good and it's been good for everybody and it's been uplifting. And I'm just telling you, it's a rare, 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 rare thing to see some of the things that we've seen. We cannot miss how good and faithful God has been in this moment and it's worthy of us to praise him that's right that's right that's right so he's worthy for us to praise him in this moment and so hopefully they're ready to kick it off but um, I just want us to take a second and we're going to pray for us as a church we're going to pray for Newtown and we're going to pray for Crosswalk we're going to pray for Williamsburg and then we're just going to stand up and worship and then we're going to go out of here pumped up that God in your own personal life he's going to care for you God in this life of this church he's caring for us and we can trust him and we consider all things joy amen, amen. Father we thank you for your faithfulness and your goodness God, we thank you for Newtown United Methodist. God, we thank you that in the moment of transition and calling that you were leading us to as a church, as a church as a whole, to embrace Saturday nights. And we didn't know how that was going to work and what we were going to do and, and all that stuff. And you opened this door even before we knocked on it. You were already opening the door. And God, though there's another transition coming and there's another situation that's happening, God, you are working out and you're providing for us and you're faithfully helping us. And so, Father, we know that you got our back and God, you're leading Newtown. So we pray, God, that you be with them, provide for them, bless them. May they see an explosion in this church in growth and care and in your Holy Spirit working out the dreams and the desires they have and the things that you've placed in their hearts. Father, we thank you for Pastor Mark and Crosswalk and their generosity and kindness. They did not have to extend their doors. He did not have to speak life into our church in the moment that he did. He didn't have to give us an opportunity to have a home to the level that he has, but he did because he has a heart and a dream and a vision for your kingdom to grow. And so God, 
We want that to be our prayer. God, that your kingdom grow. Whatever you have in front of us, whatever is happening, Father, we pray that you lead us and guide us. May our eyes be set on you. May we consider it all for joy. May we know of your goodness and your faithfulness. May we trust in your care for us. And God, may we walk with an expectation and excitement that Jesus is for us, Jesus is with us, and Jesus has already given us the victory. Amen and amen. Worship.